0: The reason that I think it's pertinent to the composing community is all of us are in sales. Um, So -hmm. if you, you know, if you have a music career, you are selling your music, you are selling the next gig, um, you're selling your skills. So did you see the matrix resurrections trailer
1: i saw it once i remember there was a lot of there was a lot of hype about it because i'm not really a big matrix fan anyway i oh, I, interesting. I i started watching the matrix a few years ago because it was just like one of those like must watch movies. yeah so i started watching it i would just like kind of watch it at night after work and then i just kind of stopped Well, for me it's i'm not a huge matrix fan so like i don't really know the story but i was like well kind of cool you know when they bring stuff back so i was like i'll check it out and uh, i mean it looks it looks good i could see if you are a matrix fan it seems like they did a lot of like fan service um the effects seem cool i think it'd be uh interesting to see what they do with it because it was kind of such a you know they did a lot of uh I don't know, I guess a like game changing kind of visual stuff back in the day. So it'd be okay. interesting to see what they do now with today's technology, just because, you know, back then, you know, you rewatch some of those old ones and it looks a little dated, but mm-hmm. still, you know, it's cool for the time. I'd be interested to see, uh, what they do with it now. Um, actually, it was trying to start watching the matrix again, like the other night. Was it
0: holding up for you?
1: Uh, no, it's super cheesy, but I mean, are I don't you, know. I like cheesy Keanu? stuff. So. Are you a Keanu fan? I like Keanu, he's cool. Okay. Um like John Wick or like Blake I have not seen any of the Point John breaks. Wicks. Got I've it. I've seen Point Break. Point Break's cool. I'm yeah, you know, I was born in 85 so like I grew up with all that like early 90s, late 80s kind of cheesy stuff. For so. sure.
0: Well, one thing that I liked about the trailer was so it was using the white rabbit, big Alice in Wonderland vibes for the music like Jefferson Airplane and as it progressed they started adding orchestral elements to the original pop song and you know like it was just kind of a cool idea of like we're going back down into the rabbit hole so i thought it was a cool use of kind of blending a pop song and orchestral scoring elements and then uh, the wachowskis have used these composers on other movies that they've done like cloud atlas and I'm probably going to butcher their last names, but it's Tom, <laughs> Tom Tykwer, and he's a German guy in his fifties and then Johnny Klemeck and he's Australian and he's 59. Boys. And so these guys, I assume they are not in the same geog- geographic location, but they, um, they are composing and from what i understand one of them does like a lot of the electronic elements and the other one does most of the orchestral elements so together cool. they make like these very bombastic energetic scores mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know when the last time you heard the matrix 2 uh score but it is really cool um like all the all the chase scenes like the motorcycle scene is like iconic mm-hmm. um so I, i'm a little nervous about this reboot like it there's definitely a cash grab element to it, but I'll still see it.
1: Yeah. I've actually been meaning to listen to the matrix scores again, because uh, I've heard a f- quite a few composers who really like the music from it. I think that's cool that they're kind of dividing the labor a little bit as far as having certain people or so, a certain person doing more of like the hybrid electronic stuff. And then, you know, someone who does maybe the more dedicated orchestral stuff. I mean, cause there's guys who, who do both different creative minds kind of working on something together to kind of homogenize it in a cool way i think that right the collaborative
0: the collaborative effort is is a cool thing to see when Mm uh when teams go well i'm listening to the wright brothers audiobook about you know first in flight right now and uh it's so inspiring but you know they they were brothers and they were just fighting constantly about the right way to do things and the right way to build this and the math yeah. behind stuff so um i'd be interested to uh see how johnny and tom work together on this score so hopefully someone can make a video on that so the next thing i was gonna talk to you about is some new free plugins so kvr audio is doing a developer challenge right now um and they do one every year and Basically, there's a bunch of new experimental plugins of all types. And since I make a lot of ambiences for Soundiron, like pads and soundscapes, I am always looking for new plugins. So yeah. I downloaded a bunch of these and I've been trying them out. You know, the GUIs on them are kind of a weak point, but if you can get past that, there's some really powerful tools. So they are definitely worth checking out if you have not yet and then one of my favorite plugins maybe my favorite plugin of the last year is valhalla super massive and if you're not familiar with that uh, you should definitely check that out because it's a free reverb and as it would imply it is massive but um, (laughs) the reason that it kind of circled back number one i use it like almost daily but the guy sean costello is the uh the founder of valhalla and he's my favorite plugin developer but he wrote a blog last month on the site and it's called put it down for now pick it back up later and he just said what do you do when you love a creative idea but the idea is getting in the way of finishing a project and he talks about killing your darlings and basically uh, he wanted to make this this code and idea work. Um, and he kept coming back to it and like just banging his head against the wall. And then he was trying to put it in Valhalla delay, which is uh, my favorite delay plugin. Okay. So he was trying to put it in and it just didn't work. And so he was like, you know what? We're gonna cut this out and I'll try to come back to it later. And then after Valhalla delay released, he was able to pick it back up and it became super massive. So, and then he released Supermassive for free um, kind of just as a gift to the music community during COVID. Hmm. And it is a hell of a gift. So- yeah, um,
1: super cool plugin.
0: So yeah, it was, the plugin is inspiring and the blog post was also inspiring. Just like you have these ideas that you keep coming back to and you don't have to give up on them. Um, some of them just need- some time. So I really liked that. And that was kind of a fun read as I was doing plug-in hunting.
1: Yeah. That's a really interesting thing for anyone, I think, who does anything in a creative field. Cause it's easy to like, you know, like when people are always like, how do you deal with writer's block? Right. It's like, well, is writer's block a real thing or is <laughs> right. it just like you getting in your own way or... Sure. You know so it's like what is you know those types of creative hurdles and and a lot of times it is just like stepping away like just getting out of it Mm -hmm. you know or like if you're like you know if you're working on a riff or uh, some kind of like melodic idea or melody or something and it's just not working it's like well maybe it's just not the right time you just step away from it and then because i used to do that all the time like just be on the you know keyboard and you're playing around with something like oh that sounds cool and i just recorded some little audio thing and forget about it and then right. you know you're just going through looking for files you're like oh what's this and you're like oh damn i completely forgot about that and then sparks an idea because maybe that day you're not feeling it or something so it's just like all right well now i uh i got some inspiration again or you know and it's something that you wrote you're not necessarily being inspired by some new piece of music or you know you want you don't want to tread into like you know copying anybody's you know, subconsciously or anything like that. So you know, yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. Just put it away and right. worry about it another day. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, have you heard Hiatus Coyote's new album?
1: No, I don't I don't think I've ever heard okay that at all. So
0: Hiatus Coyote is like a funk fusion band from Australia, a four piece band with a female lead singer. And they are crazy, bro. Like, some of the most intricate melodies and just, like, some of my all-time favorite music. Um, Nice. I love me some fusion. So, they dropped an album called Choose Your Weapon in, like, 2011, I want to say. 2014, something like that. And then um, the lead singer got breast cancer. Uh, And so, she uh, was fighting with that for more than more than a couple years um and she recovered and then they came out with this new album and it slaps it's just absolute (laughs) fire um so we'll link some of the music videos that they've come up with and they just did a tiny desk for the first time uh but yeah man it's you definitely have to check it out it's like synth riffs vocal riffs the drummer is like so controlled the bass player is fire. It's it's very fun music, very inspiring. Um regardless of what kind of genre you like, it's uh you know, it's kind of hard to follow like but it's also pop at the same time.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm down to check that out. I always love listening to like different types of like fusion stuff, whether it's like fusion progressive rock or like you know, old stuff from back in the day like you know, even like stuff like uh like Chick Korea. Alan Mm -hmm. Holdsworth like all that kind of stuff like it's funny like you know when you like you see those memes of people like just play the right notes but it's just like (laughs)
0: they
1: don't they don't get it you know like it's funny cuz like when you take you know especially when you think of guys like Alan Holdsworth Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know if you've ever seen any of his instructional videos or anything that guy is like you know like when they say he's an alien like it's for a reason it's like in his instructional videos like he shows these like chart diagrams of like okay so this is how I see the fretboard and it's just like a bunch of dots Right, and just spread like, voicings like, yeah. And he's crazy like, stuff. yeah. And he's like, when someone, you know, if they're like, oh, there's this, you know, C major seven add nine chord and you're like, and he's like, and then I just see the fretboard like light up with like a bunch <laughs> of lights. And I'm just like, cause like, you'll see him just doing all these like crazy. It just sounds like he's just interweaving all these notes and right. like it, it works, but it's just crazy because that dude just improv, improvises everything. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think about, you know, like, especially with, you know, bands who do improv like fusion stuff or jazz, and they're like really trying to not repeat themselves, you know? I mean, everyone has their own little kind of like, you know, little musical isms and stuff. Licks. Yeah. Yeah. Their own little licks. But, uh, that's the thing I, Yeah, I've always been like really kind of into the whole, like when people just can just improv anything and you're just like, and then they'll never do it again. <laughs> right you know, so you get a lot of that especially with the fusion guys you so
0: speaking of guitarists you've been working on your contact guitar library mm-hmm. and yes. you got a kemper right
1: yeah i recently uh well not recently it's probably been about maybe almost a year or so but yeah i got the uh the kemper profiler and um for any of you who are guitarists out there i mean a lot of you probably have like an axe effects or maybe a kemper or you just use plugins or real amps, you know, if you're uh, you know, if you're holding it down for the for the analog guys. But um the Kemper, I I feel has been like such a like a boost in my workflow. I mean, cause I for the longest time, I mean, since I started doing this whole home studio thing back in like 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was just just like most other people, just using plugins because it's quick. All right, cool, load it up, sounds good but after a while you, you kind of want to try something different because every plugin has like its own thing uh some respond better than others some sound better than others uh some induce more latency than others mm. and since i've been using since i've been using the uh, it's the ur816c from steinberg because it's got its own like mixer software and stuff and using the kemper now i can actually monitor directly from the kemper while i'm recording so i can have uh, a some project I'm working on in Cubase that has all the mastering plugins and tons of plugins that induce like a crazy amount of latency, but I can record in real time with zero latency using the Kemper. Okay, so very cool. So that's been like pretty huge for me, just be you know on a recording creative thing because it's like you, it, it's nice to have a like sort of a mixed project that sounds good and inspiring. Sure, you know because instead before I always have to do the delay compensation. And then everything just sounds like flat and muddy and just right. eh, you know so it's kind of cool to be able to like record in, in real time using the camper and uh i recently i recently got this guy right here this is a uh, tech 21 midi mongoose and nice. um because uh the band that i'm playing in we uh we have uh some festivals and stuff that we're playing next year at hellfest so i want i'm going to be using the camper live for that um, and I'm gonna be using this just for patch changes. But the cool thing is, you can you know just use this while you're at home practicing and stuff too. Or if you're, you know, if you're doing any kind of like live streaming and you're just playing along to to stuff, you can just use this just to kind of you know do patch changes. So it's really customizable. You can change everything, save it. It's a performance, and then have multiple performances and stuff. So this is cool. To cheap little little uh, MIDI changer nice and uh pretty sweet i've been like experimenting with it and like setting up some stuff so still kind of learning it but pretty pretty easy and super compact it's like you know here's my hand <laughs> it's like you know yeah it's a great size not too much bigger than that but yeah it's super cool and uh i recently got this thing too for any of you other guitarists this is the the unitune headstock clip tuner love it and uh yeah this thing is super cool i mean uh I used to use the snark ones forever not not trying to hate on on the snark guys not but trying to be snarky I, but i've had this i've had these things break i don't know how many times yeah i've gone but through especially like if sure. you know you know like we'd be on the road and stuff and this thing is just uh doesn't really quite cut it so this thing's super cool because it just mounts it you know just flat you can like angle it you know however you want you can have it on the side so super cool and and one of the things i love about it is that it turns off on its own because there's nothing worse than when you're like all right cool it's tuned right on and then you start playing and then you're like oh man this thing's been on and then like the battery's dying or something and yeah if you leave it on for a while that battery will die pretty quickly so it's kind of cool that it just turns off on, on its own i think it's like after like five minutes or something it turns off but yeah super super cool and it's pretty cheap i think it's on Sweetwater for like 30 bucks. It's like a sweet water exclusive or something. I was just trying to find some kind of cool, you know, little clip tuner. And I found that one and I was like, Oh, that's pretty neat. And so it you're good. saying,
0: you're saying it's worth three snarks, right? Are snarks $10? I think so.
1: Well, I've gone through three. So it, it I've, I've, bought right. I've bought in about three snarks. Did yours break a lot too, or yeah, it's always the clip. Yeah. It's just like, I, I've glued them. I've actually like this one. Uh, It actually is kind of, kind of sticky because there's like glue adhesive and like I've taped these on (laughs) and I could probably use the clip for something else, but this it's like, I don't know, I'm not going to like tape it to my headstock or something. That'd be just kind of weird and gross.
0: Right. And I'm sure you can speak to this too, but like the older you get, the less stuff you want to like move around and replace. And like, you just want to be efficient. Like, I don't want to pull an amp out of the closet. To, and wire it up to my pedal board in order to record guitars. Like I want my guitar to be in tune. I want to plug it in. I want to play it.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you, you should know, get an EverTune. Get an EverTune on one of your on one of your guitars, or a guitar with an EverTune, and you'll never have to tune again. <laughs> you can actually set it up to where if you do like a bend,
0: uh-huh.
1: it it won't even uh, it won't even bend to that pitch. It'll just be like. Burr, like it won't like you can set it to where it does that but you can actually set it to where it'll just never go out of tune so i mean you get one of those get a kemper well oh. you just be like knocking out music all day as long as you're not a you know getting writer's block <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, i've never really been a big amp guy i i used to have a cab and a head and like a rack and all that stuff uh, unfortunately i don't have that anymore but that's why when I started getting into the digital stuff, I was just like, oh, well, it's kind of quick and easy. And like, I didn't really know much about micing or anything like that. But the cool thing about Kempers is you can have people who know what they're doing, profile any amp in the world, or if you have your own amps and you profile those, and then you never have to take them out again. You can just use that capture that you got. And the thing that I really love about uh, the Kemper 2, going back to that, is like the response of it especially when you're listening to it in headphones I feel like if you're playing really soft like it responds it doesn't sound like like that like digital kind of like mm, 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 like it's kind of sometimes it sounds like like it's cutting out a little bit or yeah yeah like as you dig in it will like respond to it so if you're playing really you know aggressive like it will sound pretty responsive and that's the the, one of the things that tripped me out when i was first using them i was like wow like i feel like i'm listening to a mic cab like in the other room or something but without all the noise and pissing off your neighbors and you know (laughs) people you live with apartment living yes yeah that's Uh, right well
0: you're selling me on the kemper dude
1: huh this is not sponsored by the way but uh (laughs) but yeah going back to like the efficiency stuff like um i know since you and me both moved you know of course like you always, you know, the studio is always an evolution. And I feel like most, most of all of us who, who do music from home, whether it be composers, you know, hobbyists, you know, what, what have you, I I don't know. I think you're like me in this, like, it's, it's very cool to kind of like have stuff laid out sort of Mm -hmm. it, it, it arms reach, you know, it's like, you know, when people see this, they're, you know, they see like, you know, I got the, Keith McMillan keyboard this one's not hooked up right now but it's a really cool one you know this one's an 88 key that I just have just because the one I have underneath my desk which is the s61 uh, you know doesn't have the full range but this is just more for like quick sketching out and I can just kind of hear everything right here I got the nice and kind of see this here I got the, the m32 and I had this here originally because it was just more of like so if I'm you know going through patches and checking out stuff and i'm like you know trying to find a sound that i want for for writing a demo or something um i just have that there but now since i have the uh the complete control underneath i don't really need to use it as much but it's cool to have there you know just something and then you know some other little mini controllers and stuff over here so it's like it's it it's always constantly evolving i feel like the studio I i don't know if you think think of this like like me but the studio is almost like an an always evolving like piece of music. You know, it's like a song that never gets finished, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right. I feel like it's just always like as soon as you get to the part where you're like, you know, this is awesome, like I, I don't think I need to change it anymore, like some little like idea like what if I move this over here. Right. Or like It's a
0: it's a living organism is what it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just like always ever changing and, and it, it's <laughs> kind of fun. It like you know, cuz it's always nice to, you know, move stuff around especially if you know maybe you know with going back to the whole creative thing like if you're not feeling it like maybe you need to adjust your environment you know or right. do something to kind of change the mood or something you know like it's funny, like, is
0: always a new toy
1: yeah it, it's it, always it, a new toy. <laughs> yeah or 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 some kind of aesthetic thing it's funny like the salt lamps i know that became kind of like a hot thing but like i i saw that from a junkie junkie excels video like a long time ago and i was like what are those totally what are those what are those cool glowing rocks he's got on his desk and then uh yeah and it's just kind of like oh you know i mean i people try to say there's like scientific things behind it i don't i don't buy that but uh i mean they're cool cool for the studio yeah. But, uh, my
0: latest my latest toy that I'm loving is the uh, Arturia Micro Freak.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I remember when uh, you told me you got that a while back. I've got it
0: right here because I keep it plugged in. I use it a lot, but it's a tiny little synth. It travels well. Uh, it can run off of like a USB power bank. And those crazy people at Arturia keep pushing firmware updates. So they added a vocoder. Option to it, and then they just added um, three new uh, packs or like um, synth types with um, noise engineering. It's just a killer synth. Um, It's under $300, and I use it a lot for ambiences, um, for just having fun with an arpeggiator and a sequencer. Um, There are tons of like free preset packs available. So, um, it's been really fun to just have like a digital synth that doesn't feel like something very expensive and like vintage sure. that you have to, you know, baby too much. Yeah. Um, but it makes some really, really cool sounds. And Arturia also has a video for their Micro Freak that helped sell me on it. It's like their intro video and, um, we'll link it here, but basically it's like, uh, I don't. It's not a drone, I don't think, but it's like a, a guy with a gimbal-mounted camera, yeah. and he's like going around the guy playing the Micro Freak, and it is uh, it's a really creative video, and it just like shows you a lot of what the Micro Freak can do and how fun it can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, that has been something that's just been a blast for me, and I was going to get the Moog grandmother, um, but this is less than half the price and uh so i started with this and i can definitely recommend
1: it nice yeah i haven't that's one thing i haven't gotten into is the whole like analog synth world because that's um yeah. it's a it's whole a another a other Roger Roger. especially yeah. the whole like modular stuff like that stuff while i find it interesting it scares the hell out of me um especially when it's like i, I think it'd be kind of cool like just to like mess around with it to kind of see or get a vibe for but i'm just like man like take a picture of your settings or something it's like if you find something cool because i mean i I guess that's kind of the thing about it it's like not really about trying to like recreate or make presets just more of like just tweaking stuff until you you know just kind of going on a journey sort of thing yeah which i which i think is really interesting um i've been i've been kind of wanting to get one of those uh sub 37s you know a lot of the in the studio stuff for any of you who watch our in the studio sessions on the youtube channel like just going and interviewing various composers i'd say about 8 9 times out of 10 like someone's got a sub 37 just
0: they're very you know. popular yeah
1: yeah and it's it's just a cool i think it's a uh is, is it a it's not a polyphonic synth is it i don't think so uh,
0: i don't think so no
1: yeah so i mean it's kind of cool especially if you're just like you know layering in some kind of low sub sub synth sort of stuff or um you know just playing around with it but like it seems like it'd be one of those cool cool ones to have around um but yeah like or i think i was looking at some of those uh i can't remember the name but yeah a lot of those a lot of times those synths get a little pricey so but i mean the thing is now like plugins you know are starting to sound just as good like you know like a lot of the different uh, vintage keys and stuff that we have on the site. You know, a lot of those. Yeah, and it's kind of it's cool. Just to you know that now we have the technology to be you know sort of like you know like with the Kemper, we can kind of like if they ever break or all go go out of existence or something, you know, we still sort of you know have them in some sort of way.
0: Well, yeah. Like when I was working at uh, one of the studios, he had just gotten a Kemper for all his guitar playing, and he had just switched to like Universal Audio plugins and he was like yeah been selling every rack unit i have like all my compressors <laughs> all my amps like uh there's definitely a change taking place um and you're giving away or like giving you're giving up very little uh by switching to software in most cases now with how far we've we've taken the tech like I think it would be pretty tricky to tell a difference between like a kemper profile of a specific amp versus having that amp like that amp mic'd up in uh in the room. Yeah, so. that
1: that's one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talk about that kind of sold me on it too. It was like they would do these like AB comparisons of like, "All right, so here's the real recorded amp." Right. "And uh, here's the kemper, but they do like a blind test." They're like, "All right, so which one do you think sounds better?" And they're like, "Oh, B." And they're like, "That's the kemper." And they're like, "Oh, you know? yeah because you, you think like most people would be like yeah, i can tell that it's analog gear i mean i think with certain scents maybe it's a little bit different because they have their own little like weird you know things in there that go on that like you know mess with the tuning and kind of fluctuate and like a uh, uh, a friend of mine who i used to actually uh, live in the same apartment complex he was all into trying to take you know these really clean scents and make them sound like the kind of analog vintage you know and sure. create those sort of like micro you know tuning going in and out and, and trying to sort of use technology to recreate that analog sound which is interesting because it's like oh well you know just buy the actual gear but you know some of it is either like way too expensive or some mm-hmm. people just don't have the room so it's like it's it, it's interesting how there's always this like as we get kind of further and further into the into the digital realm that we almost like sometimes have to pull out of you know a little bit and kind of like oh well let me let me mic up a real amp just to kind of you know touch base well, with humanity a little bit. There's also
0: just like a tribalism kind of aspect to oh, I play analog stuff and or I'm I'm a digital only guy or whatever. Yeah, like, I'm in the I box. Was, like yeah, yeah, exactly. I was watching um, like a mini documentary on how Motown music got made, and you know, like Motown guitar is iconic. Like that sound. And they were like, yeah. So they just played directly into a direct box, which went directly into the mixer. And then the way that they heard themselves was a speaker in the room. Like they just had a speaker, Mm -hmm. no amps, no like pedals. It's just clean guitar. And, And it's funny to me, like how, you know, important we make certain things when it's really just like, your brain and your hands playing on a well-made instrument is really what makes great sounds. Um, so that, that's been kind of funny to, uh, to pay attention to, but, um,
1: but yeah, um, I think, I think it's easy for people to get hung up on gear. It, it, I think that whole, like, you know, anal or like not analysis paralysis, but like option paralysis is, is a real thing. Yeah. And it could sometimes be a, a blessing and a curse to have too much gear. And that's why I think probably some people do downsize or just get rid of a bunch of stuff, you know, especially when they start using plugins because it's just like, they have all that stuff and they just see it sitting there. Maybe they just feel bad. Like I spent all this money on all this gear and it just sits there and I'm just Mm -hmm. reach for the plugin now. yeah, sometimes excel you
0: know, sold a bunch of his stuff
1: right yeah and like that guy has like his he was just like in this giant spaceship of of all this you know sense and gear and yeah and i think because probably over time people are just like i'm not really using it and maybe some other people could get more use out of it uh, w- which is cool you know because there are a lot of people who are just barely starting their journey on you know getting into the sense or buying amps or certain certain pieces of gear know because really what it comes down to is like the instrument that you play like how does it feel you know and you know it's just like you know with certain certain types of amps and gear or like you know like you get into the whole like people get into like what kind of pickups do you use what kind of you know tone wood and all that stuff and there's people that get so hardcore about it and it's like you know you get someone who knows how to play their instrument you know even like i'm sure if paganini came back and played some you know really crappy violin it would probably sound better than most any people who are like fairly good at it just because he's an amazing violinist, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of it where it's like, well, is it the guitar or is it you, you know? And that's another thing you have to think about because it's not always the gear, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't blame the piano. If you're not playing Chopin perfectly, you know, unless you're just like the, no, that the feel is just not right. It's just like, well, you know,
0: I just use the MIDI file. I just, yeah. You know, emotional piano plus the MIDI file. Yeah. I can't
1: play Chopin. Yeah, me either. I wish i good. That'd be cool, but I can't. <laughs> um,
0: so one thing that I was paying attention to this week was uh swipefile.com and I thought this was a good idea. Uh it's basically the concept of it is just stealing great advertisements. So, taking advertisements that have like a clear call to action, have like a um a very efficient brain communication between the seller and the buyer of like what, what is being sold. And um, you can scroll this website for basically just all kinds of interesting marketing ideas. The reason that I think it's pertinent to the composing community is all of us are in sales. Um, so if you, you know, if you have a music career, you are selling your music, you are selling the next gig, um, you're selling your skills. And so like the more effectively that you can do that, the more successful you are. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to make ad copy, ad copy for user manuals, um, you know, advertisements, we're trying to make YouTube videos like this one. And the more clearly and simply we can state what we're offering, The better that is and it's the same for um you know a composer like if you're making a website Mm -hmm. you want to clearly state what you do and what you offer and how you are going to help them uh help your client and i like uh there's like a, a picture that will pop up here but it's basically like little mario and then there's the fire flower and then there's fire mario and so like the the client is little Mario and your product or service is the fireflower and you are showing them in a very simple image what your product can do for their business or for their life and uh so that kind of stuff is just nice and
1: succinct. Yeah, I, and and that's something I I I see a lot especially on like uh like Facebook groups and different forums, you know, cuz You know a lot of a lot of us out there you know we're you know they're either like aspiring composers or if you're in bands uh you know like a lot of people ask like like what do you need Mm -hmm. maybe you're just getting into it and you're trying to be a you know film tv media composer you know it's like do i need to have these like big epic studios like is that what's going to sell me is it like you know i mean what it comes down to it's really you know like how well you you know your stuff you know, can you achieve the end goal, which is you know whatever they're hiring you for? You know, if doesn't matter if you have an amazing looking studio, if you can't put out the product that's you know that they're paying you for in the time that is supposed to be delivered in, that's a you know that's a problem. So it's really like working on stuff, whether you're just doing small gigs, you know. But when it comes to the to the website, it's like really I I think what it comes down to it's like how do you how do you make it yourself? Sure, and and not try to sell yourself as you know if if you're not hans zimmer you know you're not you shouldn't be trying to sell yourself as hans zimmer you know like i think there's only, it's one. Like, there's only one yeah
0: hans zimmer. yeah
1: exactly and i think what it comes down to is just like what's your vibe you know like when it comes to the aesthetics like well you know if you do a lot of more like dark and creepy music you know maybe that's what you're known for maybe your site will possibly reflect that or if you're just trying to be like a, a diverse composer you know just really sort of having like an aesthetic that is easy to to read and mm-hmm. easy to navigate through you know and i think you know, like you know when it comes to anyone you know composers who are trying to put themselves out there on youtube like uh you know thumbnails that are you know that hook you you know like it's kind of like the way i try to see it is like what like what things catch your eye yeah and I think that's the one of the best ways to go about it. And it's a really easy way to kind of like cut through all the BS, just being able to like, you know, what, what do I think is cool? You know, what, like, instead what, of asking all these questions. What made questions, me click on this? Yeah. Exactly. Like, and I think like you're already kind of like hitting home, you know, with the psychology aspect of it, because it's like, you know, is it because you saw them in a certain environment or there's a certain like color vibe you know like there's certain guys like uh like a youtuber what's his name uh like gerald Dunn, and mm-hmm. his vibe is purple you know right you watch right. his video he's got purple backlights a lot of his thumbnails have purple in it you know so like you know maybe if you have a certain favorite color or something you want to have that kind of brand continuity you know that's the kind of stuff to think about too i mean it's always i think it's always good to experiment and try new things um, uh, but I think what, it, what it really comes down to is like, what do you like, you know? And yeah. cause you can ask on a forum, you know, like what should I do? And you're, you're going to get a million different answers because everyone has mm-hmm. their own take on it. Like, oh you should, you know, you got, you need salt lamps, man. That's the only way you're going to get a gig, you know? And it's well, like, that no. that part's true though, right? Yes. I've, yeah, I've had people say, I want to hire you because you have salt lamps on your desk. It's not true by the way, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. And, and, you know, it's just like music, you know, like, do you want to say it? like, well, what kind of music should I write? Like, if you go and ask that everyone's going to be like, I don't know. Well, what, what do you like? What do you like? What do you want to hear? Like, you know, for me, it was always like trying to create your favorite band, you know, cause it's like, you can have a, you know, different types of bands you listen to. And maybe you're, you listen to a certain part of the song. Like, oh man, I really wish they would have put this there. Sure. Or it'd be really cool to hear something like that with like orchestra behind it. That's
0: what this guy talks about with ads. He's, he was talking about, um, basically if you see a billboard ad and you're like, Oh, I didn't like that. Like, and then you think to yourself, how would I change that to make it better? What would Mm -hmm. I remove from it or add to it to make that a better advertisement and make it more, um, interesting or memorable or the call to action, you know, go to this website, call this number those kind of things. Um, and I thought that was like a a really good way to do it. And you're talking about a similar thing with composing. It's like, oh, I don't really like how they went there with that solo or they took it to this spot, uh, or like this drum, I wouldn't have done that drum fill like that. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's basically recomposing. And that is a great exercise for just getting better at your craft.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people probably do that even with their own music, like, you have a you have your mind in a certain headspace at a certain time and then you go back and listen to stuff you wrote like four years ago and you're like what the hell was i thinking like why did i (laughs) you know especially like for me playing in in like metal and death metal bands like the first album we ever did it was just like this you know basically our goal was trying to create our own favorite band and just like throw the kitchen sink and just like go as hard as we could you know and like but then you play that stuff live and you just see like a lot of people are just like that's cool and then there's that one heavy rip that comes in for like five seconds and then goes away but like at that one moment you see like oh damn like everyone like got into it like or oh, maybe right. maybe i should like dial back the other stuff and do a little bit more of this and it's kind of like because you're seeing how people are responding to it in real time so it's like you're like oh okay mental note maybe i should uh ease back on the on the craziness or something but maybe i should sell out no Oh, oh, sorry, I was thinking the wrong thing, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want, there is that option. So as far as some other uh, software and, and things like that, like I know with a lot of composers, I, especially lately, I've been seeing a lot of people uh, talking about VE Pro and, and templates and stuff like that. And uh, with our, we recently came out with Hyperion Brass Elements. A lot of people have been waiting on this for for a while including me or so. Yeah. And me as well. Uh, since, uh, when we were at Nam, we were talking about that it was uh, in development, but yeah. So like I've been experimenting a lot. I always play around with, you know, the, the template stuff versus just no template. And I started building a sound iron template. I, I posted about it a little bit, like a week or so kind of teasing the brass before it came out. Cause, uh, I wanted to do sort of like a sound iron orchestral template it's got like hyperion strings it's got hyperion brass and i got like the symphony series woodwinds in there just you know to have some woodwinds you know i got apocalypse percussion in there uh choirs uh i think i got elysium harp in there too so just kind of doing my own you know so so for future like sound iron sessions or you know if i'm doing any kind of composing uh in the orchestral style you know i'll sort of be able to have all this loaded up and i always wanted to try experimenting with ve pro and I know like, it's very daunting at first. I think there's a sure. lot of people who are like, it sounds cool, but I don't want to touch it. Right. Cause it's like, you know, what, you know, especially like all the times I would interview composers and they're like, yeah, I got a V pro server room. and It's got like eight computers with all my samples loaded. And it's just like, I don't even know how you go about that. Um, uh, luckily I, you know, had some friends, you know, like Dirk, Dirk alert. He's, he's done a lot of demos for sound iron. He's a, a friend of mine he uh he runs docuscores he's a big uh template guy so luckily i've been able to you know have people that i can kind of call and ask questions like hey you know i don't know what i'm doing i need help yeah yeah i need some help here but uh, but once you once you start messing around with it it's really cool especially with you know switching from multiple projects and stuff so like with the hyperion brass you know now it's cool that we have we have that aspect of of you know the whole hyperion, uh, orchestral line that we're developing over time. And, you know, it's just, it's been really cool. Just to be able to have all that stuff kind of loaded up and, um, be able to switch in and out of different projects and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. I don't know if you've messed with it or from previous studios you've worked at, did you ever Uh, use V pro? No, but I will
0: recommend Hyperion Brass Elements because it is my very biased favorite brass library. It's a chamber brass ensemble, uh, 23 players. And the multi staccatos, both the double and triple, are just like so fun to play. Like you load that up, and you're just instantly controlling twenty three brass players, and they're all in tune, and they're all velocity sensitive, and it is just a blast.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I I, I really liked about it is the fact that it is velocity sensitive, and um, because I like really like I felt like when it comes to trying to sequence realistic orchestral instruments a lot of times it's not just one articulation you'll see it switching so many times and i'm one of those guys i like to have each articulation on a separate track i'm Mm -hmm. not really a key switcher um i don't really like programming key switches you know it's really easy to just have you know a bunch of staccatos on a track for let's say for trumpets and you're like oh i want to i want to duplicate it with the horns and have them play an octave lower right you know, or even if they're doing a chord or something, you know, you can have each one playing a different note of the chord and stuff like that. And you just copy and paste it, select the notes, done, you know, you're not messing around with key switches or taking key switches out and stuff like that. So, you know, that's one of the things that I I really like using the double tongue, triple tongue stuff, just because, you know, those are realistic, you know, pop, 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 pop. so you're not going on a single staccato. So it's like using those articulations in combination with other ones. If you're doing some kind of, uh melodic phrase or you know very kind of rhythmic you know you can really get some realistic stuff out of that and that's why i I love using those or um or even like combining different uh crescendos and decrescendos if you're really trying to make one kind of like a like a sforzando that you know and then just like let it sit and then have another uh crescendo crescendo on a different track then come a little bit later you know kind of craft and mold your own and uh i feel like you get get a little bit more control doing it that way and a lot more realism.
0: Totally. And then we also introduce the easy lead feature, which you've been begging for. Yes. So it was nice to implement a new feature for sketching your ideas.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like with a lot of composers out there, having those sort of like more performance-based features are are really valuable, especially if you're doing sketching and you just want to knock out ideas and you're not a key switcher, you know, because a lot of the time when when people are sketching, it's usually either between long notes and short notes. So if you're like bum 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 bum, you know, you just play it as you want it and it's done. And then from there, you know, you can either use that or you know, take it if you want to make the more longer melodic lines more tied together, then you can just, you know, copy that onto a legato, delete all the short notes, you know, overlap any notes that you want to be, you know, smooth transitions with the true legato, and then copy that to the staccatos or the staccatissimos, depending on how short you want them to be. And then just delete the long notes, and then you can, you know, craft this realistic performance, yeah. you know, from something that you already the work so then it's just a matter of just deleting and copying and pasting and then kind of massaging it in a way that that's sounds realistic and believable. but i found that to just be such a a quick way of just knocking out ideas and you know and 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 it's fun you know it's like a fun way to kind of like test out the instrument and experiment with it and you know by just kind of playing some cool melodic ideas right away
0: and we will be releasing some more videos additional content on Uh, what you can expect from the library, and then you should also check out the user manual. Um, And I will be making an expansion pack of additional effects presets for it within the next few months. So the last part of our podcast will be uh, the recommendation section where we recommend a piece of media or whatever we want from the week. My recommendation is the loudness penalty analyzer and this is a website where you can upload your MP3 or Wave, and it will tell you how many decibels that iTunes and Spotify and all of the streaming sites are going to drop your music. So Very let's say you just you just absolutely slam your track and you know you got that like limiter just boom right at the top. Well, you throw it in here and it says minus six. And that means that iTunes is going to drop. You track six decibels, and all of a sudden, it's not going to sound loud. It might even sound quieter than a comparable track. Yeah. So you want to target you know, around zero uh, or like minus one, something like that. So I use this on all of my compositions. I love kind of just seeing what it produces. And then the other thing is YouTube stats for nerds. And I'm still kind of learning about the... Uh, rabbit hole of this but basically you can uh, right click in the bottom of the video and it will pop up all of these statistics for nerds so it shows you your <laughs> uh, data like your bit rate and it shows you like how many decibels that youtube dropped your video in the audio part and there are some interesting things and so i'm going to try to learn the uh tricks of the trade behind the scenes here and uh, I will keep you posted.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one that told me about the the loudness penalty thing. And uh, I found that super helpful because it's cool because it shows like each different platform. I think there's like probably like YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, various, you know, various different platforms where people can post audio content. And uh, it's cool. It gives you like uh, sort of another perspective on how loud you know, you're making your music. Cause it's like, it's easy to just be like, it's not loud enough, you know, and get into that whole, <laughs> right. that whole mindset of just like pancaking and breaking out your track. But that's not always the best. Like you <laughs> said, it'll sometimes sound quieter or worse. Like I remember when I used to first listen to Pandora way back in the day and I would just be like, why does this sound like, sounds like ass? It just doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> and then, you know, you start to learn how like, Different platforms have their own sort of normalization methods as far as yep. how, you know, what their threshold is. Some, some are, you know, various in, in the way that they approach it. So, uh, it's cool to, to see that as far as like, oh, well, like if you're posting this on, you know, YouTube should try to have it to where, you know, your, you know, RMS level or whatever is like hitting minus six or something. Cause if you're like, just like minus four and it's just like crushing. Mm-hmm. And then you throw it on YouTube and then you, you know, let's say you right click, you do the stats for Nerd thing, and it's like dropping your track by like minus 12 dB or something. And you're like, oh, okay, like maybe I should rethink this whole uh, limiter thing. This mastering chain is not yeah. working. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, it's a great thing. I remember when you told me about that, I was, I think I was actually working on some stuff for Hyperion and super useful. It's really cool. And then um, for me, a couple of things i want to recommend are uh the sonar works uh that's something that i've been hearing a lot of people talking about for a while uh the 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 reference software for they have it for the headphones and your speakers or or both uh, i have it for headphones and speakers i haven't really been using it as much for the headphones i've tried it and uh it, it seems like it, it does kind of make a difference um i was using them on the uh sennheiser, the sennheiser hd280s um But for speakers it's great especially since i moved into this place you know i really tried to treat the room to you know to where i don't get a lot of like early reflections Mm -hmm. especially for doing like voiceover and stuff like that for for any of our videos um i wanted to i felt like now is a good time to sort of experiment with that software i I was curious so i picked it up comes with a microphone and it just tells you what to do Uh, i'll overlay some video kind of showing the process i film myself doing it just uh, for a future video that i'm planning on doing and nice. uh it's it's pretty it's pretty easy you know it's just a matter of kind of following the steps it tells you you know where you're at and then you know once you kind of hit the point you're supposed to then it'll just brunt, 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 make all these weird alien chirping sounds mm-hmm. um probably freak people out if they don't know what's going on probably think you're being abducted by an alien or something but uh uh super cool and it it's made a hell of a difference, especially when, uh, you know, you AB and go back and forth. Cause these speakers, uh, I'm using the Cali Audio IN8s. I've been using these for probably over a year now. I love them. And, but they're, they're a little bit, um, they, they, they can get a little built up in like the kind of like low mids. So it can get a little, little woofy. And the cool thing about the reference software is it basically takes all your like deficiencies in your room and things that are getting hyped by your room and just balances them out. Nice. So you get like a nice sort of, you know, flat representation or, you know, or at least trying to, uh, it, at first it's a little weird, but then, you know, after about a week or so, of just kind of listening to music, like you start to kind of uh, really appreciate what the software does. And I, it's been awesome. Like the first mix I did using them was like, wow, this actually sounds kind of how it sounds in my room. And it sounds, you know, a lot more closer to what I was going for, especially for how you're hoping it would sound in the car. You know, it's like, I think, I think of that, that, that meme where it's like, what is it? It's like a Kiefer Sutherland or something like, like listening to the music in his car and he's just like crying or something. Like, it was like, like, you know, that when you do a when you go to do a car check or whatever, and you're just like horrified by what you're hearing. So luckily that didn't happen. I didn't burst into tears while I was checking it. Good. It Um, reminds
0: me of the Sonic maximizer from bbe like it's very subtle until you turn it off and then you're like oh turn that back on
1: i used to have one of those i used to uh i used to have one of those in my in my rack um i know a lot of drummers who use those too for uh like for like kick triggers and stuff like it's just like adds like a nice kind of like low end like i don't i don't know if it really made a difference for guitar i just knew some guitarists who had one and it wasn't really too expensive so i was like yeah 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 check it out yeah Unfortunately, I don't have that anymore. So the next thing I want to recommend is a plugin that uh, I actually got during a wave sale, and uh, it's called the Sheps Parallel Particles. Super cool plugin. Uh, I I bought a couple other ones. I think I got like a S1 Imager and what else did I get? Maybe like R Base or something. And they're like, oh, since you paid you know X amount of dollars, you can get another one for free. And I was like, oh, I think I remember seeing this one before, and it looked really interesting. It's a cool looking plugin. Like the UI looks pretty like futuristic-y. So I was like, I'll check it out. And uh it, it's pretty rad. I, I've been experimenting using it on percussion. Like it has these uh these four different parameters of like air and like sub, and they all sort of it, it's like basically a parallel compressor on you know in the box sort of thing. So mm-hmm. instead of having to create a separate track and just, you know, load in a bunch of plugins or like when people do, you know, like parallel compression, newer compression, whatever you wanna call it, let's say you're feeding signal into it and you're just diming it with some compressor and then blending that signal in, it's sort of being able to do that by just throwing a plugin on that on that track. So if you have, uh you know, a kick or a snare or something, or you could probably even like feed those into this too, if you wanted to do it that way, or if you wanna process them differently, just throw it on that track. You know, maybe you want to enhance some of the lows, you know, and it uses some kind of like harmonics and stuff. I don't know, like all the science that goes into it, but the the cool thing about it is that you could just kind of throw it on a track, you know, start to increase you know, either some air or, you know, like it just hits different parameters of what you want to sort of bring out. And it's, it's killer on percussion. I, I would throw it on like a percussion group and uh, it, it sounds super cool, like especially on Ape because Ape's already pretty... You know in your face so right. i was like let me see how much more in your face i can make it so i threw so that on the, on the yeah it's just especially for if you're doing any kind of like trailer stuff or stuff where it's just like the you want the drums to kind of like fly out of your speakers like it's super cool for that so definitely worth checking out if you just want to you know have some fun plugins to try to enhance the sound in a really quick and easy way super cool Yeah, so i think that pretty much wraps up this podcast uh trying something new a little bit you know you know we're going to be you know just each week talking about some new stuff going on some cool things that we found and you know if you guys have any things you would like to hear covered on the podcast definitely bring it into the comments and let us know um you know make sure to check out hyperion brass elements uh it's we just released it uh, a couple days ago or you know, at the time, probably one or two days ago. So, you know, get it while it's on sale, go to the website, check out any of the demos. If you want to hear it in action, make sure to watch any of the walkthrough videos, composing videos, or any of the videos in the playlist. If you want to get an idea of how it sounds. Um, I want to thank you guys all so much for watching. Catch you next week. Yeah. Adios. Peace.